Happy Friday, guys, and welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Dubs. I'm your host, Bill T. Well, back this week from Medford, Oregon, and got lots of stories to tell, and I thought I would bring Johnny Boy on this week, and we just do kind of a wrap-up show. But before we get to that, I want to make sure you guys understand to support our sponsors. Go check out Ross Wolf, high-quality aftermarket parts made by high-quality VW people. So Jared and Jason have a strong commitment to high-quality parts. Make sure you go check out their website at rosswolf.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to VW Trends Magazine. Not the same old stuff you see every month in the shelf. Water-cooled how-tos and all kinds of stuff, and it's available at vwtrendsmagazine.com. So go subscribe to VW Trends Magazine. As you guys know, we were just down in Medford, and uh, we're going to be bringing Johnny Osmondson on and talk about that whole trip and go through all that. But before we get into that, I wanted to remind you guys, if you haven't set up your rooms for one crazy weekend, go now to letstalkdubs.com and set up your rooms right now because if you don't set your rooms up i promise you they'll be sold out so go to letstalkdubs.com click on the one crazy weekend tab there will be a discount code to get your rooms heck even if you're not sure you're going book your room block it in place and if you decide you're not going dm me a couple days before say hey bill here's my reservation number and we can switch it out to somebody else but at least we get the rooms blocked off for other vw people so it's not a bad move to do and you'll always have a backup to go there i know there's a lot of events going on in october Unfortunately, you know, it's the weekend I get from the hotel, so it is what it is. So you got to flip a coin, figure out which one to do, but you don't want to miss the world-famous strip cruise with all the Volkswagens on there as well as the poker room with your chance to win $1,500 in cash. Total prizes given away $2,000. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to seeing a lot of smiling faces over here, and we're going to have a good time. October 6th and 7th. Let's talk dubs in the wagon, bring you one crazy weekend sponsored by Finley Volkswagen. So you guys make sure you check that out. But without any further ado, guys, we're going to get into it this week. The Volks Group Summer Showdown 1, the first event in Medford, Oregon on Let's Talk Dubs. You probably don't know that there's a new Volkswagen out that doesn't look like a Volkswagen. Johnny, what up, buddy? Hey, how's it going, man? Thank you for having me. Hey, so uh, welcome back to the podcast. I know you were earlier on episode 184. If you guys don't know who Johnny Osmondson is, uh, go get yourself the issue of VW Trends that's out there, and he'll probably be coming out in Hot VW soon, or just search Gray Bug on 1320 uh, on YouTube, and you'll, <laughs> find, and you'll find out who Johnny is, right? You're in a ton yes, of videos, sir. ton of videos online, right? Yes, sir. And it's a bunch of the street, a bunch of the cash day stuff that you do, like the Texas 2K. And uh, what are some of the other ones that, that you're on there? Uh, mainly just the street racing stuff. There's a couple from California, Southern California. And then um, recently we've been doing a lot of the uh, no prep into the track stuff. So there's a few videos out there. And I, ironically, the first time I heard about you was when I went up to Medford, not Medford, I'm sorry, when I went up to Eureka last year to, at that time it was a uh, fast four cartel uh event in medford oregon went there and i was talking to my buddy george mccalluck and he's like 
bro, you don't know who Johnny is? And I was like, no, dude, I'm, I'm, you know, and what's interesting is George never raced his car, but he knew who the racers were. Right. So that's, we'll just, we'll just note that for later. But, uh, <laughs> but George, George told me about you, my buddy George up there in Sacramento. And then I kind of tracked you down. We did the first podcast, which was podcast 184. And we got all the story about your car. And one of the things, you know, I'm, I'm not a big drag race guy myself. I, I've been mostly going to the shows, stuff like that. Never really had a drag car up until recent to go do anything with. And it was always kind of a street car. So you and I kind of hit it off from there. You came to one crazy weekend. You kind of checked out the VW World for a little bit and were well received, had a good time. I mean, after we first met, and it was probably one of the first, I mean, you go to VW shows and stuff all the time, but they're kind of just park, show your car, and that's it, right? What was your experience when you went to, uh, when you went to one crazy weekend last year, um, I mean, I told everybody I've run across as far as the Arizona VW guys. That was the best show I've ever been to. I mean, I can't stand car shows, even though I'm part of a VW club. Ironically, um, to me, it's absolutely boring just to sit there and listen to everybody talk about polishing their fuchs. I mean, I'm sorry for hurt feelings, <laughs> but um, I had a blast in Vegas. I mean, everybody was chill, uh, laid back. I mean, it was a good environment. And then the crews and just the interaction, like it wasn't like your normal clicks of people sitting in front of their cars and in lawn chairs. You know what I mean? Like it was a really good time. All the people were, were pretty stand up. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things with one crazy weekend, right? It's, it's like a, it's, it was a new batch of people when we kicked it off. It was, uh, it was October. Um, it was year of COVID. And I was like, heck with this, we're doing a show. So we did a show and a bunch of people that it was mostly podcast listeners that showed up. And that's kind of the core group that's built from there. And now every year it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. And we were super stoked to see you show up last year. And then there's pretty much a crowd around your car the whole weekend because it's such a unique looking car. It's not your typical super pretty drag car that everybody's like, oh, yeah, you know, must be nice to have a ton of money and build, you know, a big expensive drag car. <laughs> because your, your drag car, you've built that whole thing out of pocket, right? Yeah, man, pretty much. We, like just recently we've had, uh, a few um, a few companies jump on board to help out. But I mean, yeah, other than that, everything's been side jobs and, and staying up till 3 a.m. every night trying to work on it because we uh, we don't have the funding that a lot of guys do. But it's funny when we go out there and we can run with the best of them. And I mean, your background, you come from you've been street racing for years in your bug um, and, and and you kind of never started going down the path of like drag racing at the track because was it because it was too many rules or it was like too many rules well, too far apart too like uh what was yeah it? i mean dude track racing's always been for us it was just like again just like the car show that it uh oh, sorry if i offend people but it's boring waiting an hour just to go another round you know what i mean and then like uh the rules and regulations as far as like being around the starting line and being actually a part of the racing. That's what we like about the street racing is you can be up close, personal gambling on the starting line, talking crap with your buddies. Like to me, I just, I grew up in that environment as far as on the street racing and um, I had no desire to go to the track at all. I just, uh, I mean, it wasn't necessarily the rules. It was just, it wasn't the same environment, I guess, just. Yeah. It's kind habit, of, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I mean it, I've always seen, you know, street racing for good or bad, right? Everybody runs, whether you got a slow car or a fast car. But for the most part, like the when you, when we say the real street races, it's usually the fast cars that run at the real street races because the slow guys don't get there. But sometimes I know here in Vegas for a while they had street racing 
going on and then fast and furious comes out and every dude shows up with his mom's four door Honda and they're racing four abreast, <laughs> they're racing four abreast down the street. And I was just kind of at a point where I, I had young kids at the time. I'm like, bro, this is lame. It's not even the same that it used to be. And you know, I used to take my street bug out there with wheel adapters and a roof rack and a subwoofer box and, and street race that thing. And, um, you know, it was nothing, nothing super crazy, but <clears throat> as time went on, things change and the and the quote unquote real street racing got more exclusive, right? Like you had to be a, a guy with a really fast car and B you had to, <clears throat> you had to be in the know of knowing where that's at. Now you dipped out of the scene for a minute and came back. When you came back to the scene, cars were way faster. Like, Oh yeah, man. It, it, These guys are running bottom fives, uh, high fours on the street. Now, like when you go through Texas, these V8 cars are running 490s on the street. And it's insane. And is everybody pretty everybody pretty much on those cash days all stuff? They're all are they running a marked out eighth mile? Yeah, we uh, so it's 660 uh, eighth mile flashlight start. And basically, if you jump, the the only rules are uh, for small tire. So um, to break it down, like Midwest uh, 29 10 five and smaller is considered small tire. Anything out west is 28 10 five and smaller. And then no wheelie bars. So other than that, like uh, it has to be a steel roof, steel quarters. But I mean, anything else is fair game. I mean, you can you can cut it up, lighten it up, carbon fiber, everything, as long as the roof and quarters are steel and you got a twenty-eight inch tall tire. Now, when you came back to the scene, I mean, you're you, by trade, you're, you're you work on diesels and stuff like that. So you, I mean, you could build um, all-wheel drive yeah. truck that's super fast, right? I mean, what made you? What made you, after being out of the scene for a while, what made you just go back to your roots and do a Volkswagen, especially when they're that fast, right? I mean, you're, it, used to be, it used to be the Volkswagens were always like the secret weapon at the track, right? And then cars started getting super quick, being manufactured. I mean, back in the day when the 90 Mustang was out, you know, that car's pushing 235 horsepower, and a Volkswagen with 120 horsepower is going to give it a run for its money due to power-to-weight ratio. But when you get back in the scene you go right back to Volkswagens? Yeah, man. I, I mean, the great car, like I said before, is my first car. I'll, ne I'll never get out of that. And, um, I mean, basically, we just keep pushing because we're the only ones. I mean, I know there's other people that race their cars, but we're the only ones that are competitively street racing across in the country that I know of. And, I mean, I still stand by what I said. If there's another Volkswagen that wants to get down on the street, I have no problem driving. Like, we can go run for some money and bragging rights, whatever. But, I mean, I like that we're different because when you go to these street races, even when you go to the tracks now, every, everywhere you look, it's Fox Body. The Fox Body with an LS swap. I mean, occasionally you got the old school dudes, you know, with a mullet and a Chevelle or a Camaro. But for the most part, like I said, you see the same car everywhere you go and not knocking them because they work. They're extremely fast. They work well with an LS. So, like, I understand why people do it. But I just wanted something different. And, I mean, like I said, I love Volkswagen, so that's where we're at. We're going to keep going until we can. And so – when I went up there to that first event up north and, and got kind of uh, pushed your direction to kind of take a look and see who Johnny Osmond was, and then you came to the show, we kind of hit it off, we came buddies, and I said, look, man, if you want to go up there next time, let me know. The next event, it didn't work out for us schedule-wise, but luckily enough, this this event worked out, and it was kind of, uh, hey, are we going to go? Yeah, we'll go, and then we don't talk for a couple weeks, <laughs> and then I call you all the, the Monday of that week, I'm like, hey, we're still going, right? You're like, oh, yeah, yeah, if you're ready, I'm ready, dude. So um, so you had to do a seven-hour drive to my place in Vegas. So you come out of Tucson to Vegas. That's seven hours. And yep. then you get a couple hours sleep. We wake up 5 o'clock in the morning, and we're headed for Medford, Oregon, which was 
a 13 on nonstop's a 13 hour drive. It probably took us what 16 hours because we stopped a couple times. We stopped at what Summit and yeah, um, yeah, a couple t- other spots. It took us like 16 hours because what we ended up doing is we uh, we stopped for breakfast in Tonopah, and that's uh, true. We stopped at breakfast for at Tonopah. We stopped in Reno at Summit to get some supplies because uh, you needed a new filter and some uh, fuel stuff. filter and yeah, some other things like that. Well, and don't forget, we also had some vehicle issues with my Dodge. We started getting a started getting an issue with the um, DF. Yeah, the DEF nonsense. So that started being a problem. So we, you know, it was like <laughs> everything was popping up to to delay us getting there. But you know, we ended up getting there. And I think we rolled into town about nine thirty. Nine thirty at night. Yeah, we we rolled in, kind of parked our trailer. We got prime parking. You know, Jeff, uh, you know, JK just kind of set us up right there, premier parking, and um, we, we. Yeah, him and Tom were like, "You guys are right up front." <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, and that was so cool, man. And, and really, you know, sh- shout out to those guys, JK and Tom Kenny. I mean, they really they kind of rolled out the red carpet for us, got us dialed in, and got us a good spot, and then. Uh, you know, right out of the gate, you know, I mean, let's not get all into the red car that I'm sure everybody saw that everybody's still talking. <laughs> they're probably all still talking about it. You know, something the mid- this car there. in the mid eights, bro. I don't mean to brag, but uh, I'm getting a four finger ring made right now. It says mid eights. And, um, <laughs> and so, you know, what was cool is when we got there, you were able to pull the car off the trailer and you just kind of banged out your first hit. That's a cool thing, right? Like the owners of the track, they're like racer guys. You know what I mean? So it's like yep. they're down and they were just like, yeah, go ahead hit it on the track one time. And, and right out of the, right out of the trail, I was watching that again today. Cause I posted that one on Instagram. I watched that, that first run and I'm thinking, man, that thing for being cold right out of the trailer, just kind of hooked. It went dead straight and it freaking, and it was booking, man. Um, what was it like the first time? Was that the that the first time your car has been on a track like where the the tree is? Yeah, that's that's the first time I ever left on like an actual tree. Um, basically, we so we went out there. I left the suspension set up uh, a kind of tight in the front, which was actually too tight for that track uh, from our last street race. But uh, basically, we unloaded it, warmed it up, and on 16 pounds of boost with very very moderate timing, it went 595 at 120. And um, it, I would really wish it wouldn't have spun in first and second because it probably would have been a, a five sixty pass off the trailer. Yeah, and that I mean that was hugely impressive. And then we started we started uh, battling some gremlins at that point because you're trying you're trying to dial in the suspension, and of course the next morning we get to you get to do a pass on it. I don't I think we only mm-hmm. made one pass on Friday night. And then, yeah, one pass Friday night, and then two on um, Saturday. Yeah, Saturday was testing tune, and they brought out uh, some kind of T bucket or something that had a what was the what was the setup? Uh, twin turbo small box Chevy with a glide. That was a that was a cool old truck. It was like a thirty Chevy. Yeah, chop top. And that and that was a fast truck, and he had he'd been come out there to do an, a quote unquote exhibition pass. Yeah, and then, I agree. Um, so he wanted to grudge race with us, which I didn't realize that we were grudge racing on that pass. I seen him pull up and I mean, uh, that was our second pass. So, we, uh, I don't know if you remember, we loosened up the front suspension and took a little bit of compression out of the rear and that's when the car did the wheelie. So we went a little too far. <laughs> yeah. So, so that car right out of the gate, it pulled the front wheels. I mean, I'm saying 200 feet. No, no, it was only about a, about a hundred foot where it came down. Cause 
the white stripe on the tracks of 60 foot. We were about 30, 40 feet past that. So, so it didn't go foot. quite that far. Yeah. A hundred foot and it was going, it was pulling to the left a little bit, head to the wall. So uh, otherwise maybe uh, we could have went a little longer. I mean, it was, it was cool, but it would have been cooler if, if, if uh, you'd have hooked and got that truck. Cause I think you'd have been ran. What'd that truck run? What'd the truck end up going through? The uh, he ran a, he ran a five forty. Okay. But I mean, I, I believe his mile an hour was like one twenty three or one twenty four. So, I mean, we definitely would have been right there on his door. I mean, uh, we're we're gonna do it again. Though. I spoke with uh with the guy who runs the track, and he's gonna be coming out here to Arizona for one of our races. So probably gonna get that Greg race back in. Is that his truck? Yeah, that's his truck. He was letting the sun drive. So the guy that runs the track, that was his truck. Oh, that's yeah, that's his personal. He no prep races, so he's actually uh he's actually pretty well known uh west coast and like northwest like he's uh he does it every weekend just like we do now people for, for people that don't know what no prep racing is what is no prep racing um so there's different variations of it um like we like what we like water burn out, out here in arizona so basically you go to a road um i mean it, we try to be as safe as possible but it's eight miles 660 feet and then you do uh burnout and water only no there, there's no glue so most tracks have vht or something sprayed down on them that makes it sticky it's like a it's like a mouse trap essentially on certain tracks when you go to and it's just to aid in traction so what we do on the street is we'll do a water burnout so basically you actually have to know what you're doing you actually have to be able to set up your suspension and a few other things to make them you know go a to b and then you got other guys that do what's called puddle burnout so they'll they'll take like a, a mixture of vht and mek which is two um like chemicals that uh it, they uh they're sticky so it's such it's like you do your burnout in the glue and whatever you drag out of that burnout you back into your rubber and that becomes you know what you can use and over, by, by the end of the night on a no prep race it's just as sticky as a drag strip so um that's why it's crucial for us you'll see any of the races we go to we'll try to we'll try to race the fastest guy there first round because that's really our only shot uh as these cars get faster throughout the night technology i mean our our odds kind of kind of go away from us so Right. Um, so really for the, for the most part, we, a cold pass, a cold pass is the best thing for you guys, like right out of the gate and just, and, and grab it and go before the track gets too sticky and you can really utilize your power to weight ratio. Yep, exactly. So, um, yeah, it was definitely, uh, you know, that first pass, the first pass you did of the night that just kind of see what the car would do on the track. Like I said, it was your first time on a tree and the tree was a little bit different because you're, you're, it's like you're the, 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 you know, the stage and pre-stage come on and then it's like, you're sitting there looking at ding, 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 like versus like bang, you know, you're used to you're yeah. used like a flashlight start, you know? Exactly. So, so I mean, like it, I, I didn't really care about the reaction time on a test pass. I just wanted to get some data. Cause like I said, we're still really new to the fuel injection setup on the car. So getting an ADB pass is more valuable than trying to like cut a reaction time. But I mean, um, yeah, we're more used to like uh, the staging, the guy flagger staging you. And once you're ready to go, like you're looking for a light, you're not counting down, trying to cut like a sportsman tree or a pro tree or something like that. Like that's that's definitely new to us. Yeah, yeah, that's more my wheelhouse. I mean, I'm gonna say I'm semi pro after like my first round. You know, <laughs> that's my I first. mean, hell, look how far you went. <laughs> and I'm max. I broke the training, but we'll get look. We'll get into the glory of the red rooster in a little bit. But right now. You know, we're, we're, we're just talking about the overall event. So um, really getting out there, doing that first pass, your second pass. What was interesting to me, right, not being a street racer, is we go back to the pits and then you just – and then the front wheels came off the ground. So for your next pass, you pop the hood 
and you reduce the rebound in your front shocks, which was surprising to yeah. me because I'm like, well, that doesn't make any sense because you would think that you would stiffen up the rear versus versus tighten up the front. You know what I no, mean? No, so when you stiffen when you stiffen up the rear, the wheelie will actually get more aggressive. Um, uh, if the if the tire plants with a stiffer end, I mean, there's nothing to absorb that energy. It's just going to climb the ring gear, and you're gonna you're gonna go over. So by by slowing down the front end, um, you actually make the car heavier uh, on the axis. So like when, with with your car with with no front shocks, it'll just uh, it'll take the energy of the spring when you launch. It'll just keep pushing it up, and that's why you guys you accelerate like you do. So if you strap the front end down essentially you're taking all the weight on the front of the car and, and it's taking more effort from the torque and the, the car to move it. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's part of a learning curve and, and, you know, I kind of got into it with, uh, with um, Ron Loomis when we talked for a little bit about how, how critical, you know, getting a car to hook up is in being quick, right? Cause you can spend so much yep. energy just moving the body versus planting the car and getting forward, you know? Yep. Uh, so, that was, you know, that that was interesting to me to see that, and then uh, and then you make the third pass. So, the the third pass you make, tell me about that one. Um, so our first pass was a one three seven sixty foot. The second pass, um, when I did the wheelie, was a one three zero sixty foot, and then our third pass after adjusting the suspension, um, that was a one two one sixty foot. So it, it progressively got better. But um, so during the wheelie, we pedaled our, I said we, I pedaled the car two or three times to bring the front end down. And um, during that, uh, it lifted the cylinder head and we didn't catch it. Um, you can actually see on the video, there's like a wisp of smoke out of the one, two side. So when I came back to the pits, the car was running fine. So I cooled it down. And then on the third pass, um, the damage was already done. So as soon as I clicked it into third gear, it torched the head. That's what that video with the big flame and everything. And, you know, we spent probably the next couple hours, um, we knew we had our backup plan with the red rooster to save face, right? Like we knew that it was all the weight was on my shoulders, but I was trying not to let it get to me about trying to, you know, <laughs> you know <laughs> but we go back to the pit. And what was funny is we kept watching the video in slow motion and you're like, all right, I'm irritated. I'm just going to tear the head off and see what's going on. And we pull the, the three, four side off and, uh, is it three, four side or one? I don't know. Yeah, so I, I thought it was a three four side because we had already repaired uh, cylinder four before, so I thought the repair didn't hold. But um, weirdly enough, how the air works under the car is, I thought the flames were coming from the three four side, but it actually torched cylinder one. Right. Yeah. And, and we so we spend the next. Uh, I mean, I can't even tell you how long I spent scraping the valve cover and the cylinder head. I mean, bro, they would have never got it done without you, buddy. It looked like it was brand. Like somebody came by, I was like, "Is that head new?" And I was like, "No, bro, I just cleaned it." So, uh, but you know, uh, you know, me and our boy can't forget our boy Brandon, and uh, yeah, Brandon, my man Sarf was in there, and you know, we were we, we were helping out. You disappeared, which was super weird, and I think you were just kind of standing across the way, like waiting for me to get that valve cover scraped off. <laughs> I know. Which, I was trying to find somebody to weld shit, <laughs> which, which, which it seemed like forever. But you know, we got that. We got that on. Got it back together. Put everything on there. That probably took like two hours uh, to get that on. And then when we pulled off the intake manifold on the left side, there was uh, it was cracked. Yeah, there was a mount where the coil where the coil pack mounts on the side of the air intake or on the side of the boost side of the uh, the pressure yep. side, and right around the weld, it seemed like it cracked. Yep. 
So we're thinking, yeah, like, so, boom, there, there's our problem. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. <laughs> and so we, we spent all that time. It's about 1.30 in the morning. We get the head back on. We get the car on the ground, and we grab this carb spray. Just go ahead and get it started up, and we just crank it over. And Brandon's in the car, crank it over, and out back you just hear. Ch -ch -ch -ch. <laughs> yeah, there's a big. So you you wouldn't believe how big the hole was. I wish I already got a photo of it before I. So Dan Lawson in competition engineering has my heads right now. But I mean, it, it burnt all the way through the through the the head stud hole and a good chunk of the combustion chamber, like a quarter size. A uh, hole in the combustion chamber, dude. It's pretty wild. Wow. Like in the combustion yep. chamber, like next to the valves? Yeah, next to the valves. The whole, uh, like the whole shelf, or people call it like the eyebrow or whatever, over the combustion chamber, over the valve was just gone. Wow. That's yeah. Nice. So it's it's going to be extensive to repair that head. But I mean, finding finding another set, like as you've seen just from, we're talking to everybody in the race race community for the most part right there. And and nobody had anything, so. And those are those are Autocraft nine ten heads. Is that what they're called? Yeah, nine tens. Okay. Um, they're just. I mean, I'm sure somebody's hoarding some somewhere, but they're they're incredibly difficult to find. I, I should have bought that motor that I sent you on Facebook not long ago on Facebook Marketplace. Did I send it to you? It was like a two point seven liter in Bakersfield, and I was like, you did it, not. It was a drag motor, ARPM case, all stuff to go on twenty seven hundred bucks for it. And I was like, I should buy that. And I was like, what am I needing? You should have bought it. <laughs> well, yeah. Now in hindsight, looking at it, knowing how expensive it is to get that stuff, it would have been, uh, it'd have been worth it just to get it, just to get it to have for backup parts, you know? Yes, sir. So, uh, so now, if, so if anybody's got a good deal on some nine ten heads, you got some land. Any of you old racers got some land around in the shop? Hit me up at Let's Talk Dubs and let's get Johnny set up with a nice, a nice <laughs> set of heads, right? I mean, it's worth, it's worth Thank asking, you. right? Throw it out there to the guys. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, we end up doing that. And then, uh, you know, well, there's, there's no talking about the Medford weekend without talking about the red rooster, the eco tent, let's talk dubs, drag car. Um, <laughs> and I mean, it Dude, was, you were doing so good. So you got in your own head, man. Well, and that's, and that's, it was funny because the, the whole first day that I was testing, I was red lighting and it's like, I got a loose eat. And let's just be honest, right? That car had zero prep. So they talk about no prep that street car racing. That needs a lot of work. Right. No prep street <laughs> racing. We were just doing straight up no prep. Uh, that car that car has sat for the last 10 years plus in my buddy's shop. I get it. I tow it to my house. It sat on the side of my house for the last year and a year. half. Yeah. And I'm yep. just like, you know what, dude? Let's do it. And so we grab, we grab that thing. And, you know, you, I, I remember you're like, dude. Just bring it. Just bring it, and we'll get it. We'll get it out there on the track. And I was like, "All right, I'm game, bro. You know how I am. I'm all about just uh, rubber banded together and get down the road." And you know, the first three passes that I made, I uh, uh, I ended up I ended up red lighting all three times because it's funny. I I I, I don't remember doing a slow tree like that here when they do Midnight Mayhem. I don't know if they do a pro tree or if they do a slow tree. But the tree just really had me, you know, it's, it's one of those things that I equate it. Like if you ever golf and you're terrible at golf like I am and and people, everybody's giving you advice. Oh, man, here's what you should do. You should do this. You should do this. You should do this. And then, right. I'm, and then I'm sitting there at the tee box like, okay, hold a piece of paper under my arm. Don't bend my elbow. Do this. And then I just freaking ratchet the thing like it's just pure chaos, like Happy Gilmore out there. And the same thing <laughs> was happening to me on the track, right? I'm sitting here overthinking it in my head. And I remember I was talking to, you know, I go up to race the first time in sportsman. So I decided to go sportsman because the best time we get out of the car, first pass I do is 
30. And uh, I run that after that. I get an 8, 860 and an 870 after that. And then I was like, hey, want to check the car out, Johnny? And you're like, oh, let's check the timing. So you check the timing. And uh, 20 degrees of timing. Right. I had 20 degrees. I'm trying. I'm not trying to hurt it. And uh, <laughs> and so <laughs> and so you take the car out and you you hit an 830 with the car. I actually went slower than you. Yeah. Yeah. You went like, I mean, a, a couple hundred slower than me. Um, but you had the you, your advantage. You had timing, right, to make up for uh, your lack of skill. You put the timing in there, which it was the the, the kapowi. <laughs> and so the next day, I remember we're at the so they do a chip draw the night before. So everybody does your you get you get your your test and tune, and you can kind of run back to back if you want, which is the cool part about that. About that, uh, I don't know if they're all set up like that, but I know that was pretty cool that you were able just to kind of you could hot lap it if you wanted to and just keep going. Um, so there was definitely plenty of time to get there. And I was just really disappointed that I kept, I mean, I kept red light and bad. Like I'm leaving, I'm half track before the lights green. And, uh, I end up, uh, you take the car down for a pass and then we just kind of chill, park the car for the night. And then, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I get up to the line for the first, well, we go to do the chip draw. And, uh, my boy, Johnny Limnios says to me, that's type one overall on Instagram. You guys can check him out. He does a lot of, he's actually getting his car ready for real street as same as uh, Mike Preston. And I got to give those guys a shout out. Cause those two dudes came over and like, they had a helmet for me. He had, uh, on, on, on that, <laughs> yeah, they had the, the catch containment pan and, and all the that. Containment laying pan. On the ground. Yeah. We had uh, a seatbelt that I was missing and I can't think of there's one, there's something else. But it was the helmet, the catch can, and the seat belt is really, I think, pretty much what I needed to run. And so now we're 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 good. We get, uh, you know, I do my my couple passes, test and tune, just to kind of figure it out. And I think, well, we go do the chip grab, and there's 18 in our class, and I grab a chip. And I remember Johnny says to me, he's like, "Dude, whatever you do, don't get Kaimi." And sure enough, they call, you know who got chip number four and it's me and Kaimi and Kaimi, uh, he's, he's up from, he's up in the Reno area, right? He's got a green, green bug, super consistent. I think he's won that sportsman division like four times is my understanding. And, uh, so they said, yeah, if you're up against Kaimi, you might as just, just get ready to put on the trailer. Cause that dude's consistent. So I'm all nerved up on my first run and I get up there and uh, first run was, you know, and I, I just, all I knew is I didn't want a red light. I was like, you know, I'm going to lose. I just don't want a red light this one. So, uh, I, and luckily enough, I beat him. <laughs> so, yeah. so he ends up, uh, he's out. And, and that's the other thing that I dig about it, right? Is like the immediate eliminations, like boom, boom, boom. And uh, so I make it to round two and now I got a Manx. And the interesting thing, right? Because I'm kind of sizing up what I got there. And I'm like, well, this dude's in a Manx. He's got 48 with the big trumpets on there. I'm thinking he's got to have a 2276 or 2332. And I'm talking to the dude a little bit. And I'm and I'm thinking, and I look at his dial and I'm like, how is this dude on an 850? Like, so maybe he's just going to pedal this thing and hit an 850 all day because there's no weight to those Manxes, right? And uh, I line up next to this dude. And all I know, I didn't want a red light. And I... And I cut not a great light, but I cut a light, but his front end went straight up in the air. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I beat him round two, and now I'm going to round three of the semifinals, and I'm up against my boy Ricky Racer. And then my th- and then Paul Jolinas comes up to me. He's like, oh, yeah, bro, 
Ricky's going to mess with you with the light, bro. He's going to, you know, you're going to stage and he's going to wait and then he's going to deep stage you. And this, and I just, I just kept thinking in my head, like, and instead of just focusing on that, I think that, I think that's my mistake. Instead of focusing on the light, you know what I mean? I was too focused on other things. I wasn't even doing a burnout right. You know what I mean? I was burnt. no. Yeah, I mean, I was completely burning out different uh, for some reason. And I watched a 360 video that I took inside the car, and all of a sudden, I'm instead of just sidestepping the clutch in the burnout box, I'm like feathering the clutch out. And and I, I was just completely beside myself. Like, why am I, why am I doing something so stupid? Why am I reacting different when I'm just supposed to be running my race? You know, so. Uh, long story short, uh, I do one terrible burnout, <laughs> Johnny's video and he goes, yeah, dude, Hey man, come back and do another burnout. And so I go to another burnout. I do the same thing again. And I hear you on the video tape going, Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, I, I go for it and I break, well, we don't know what's broken yet. Uh, axle transmission for, but you're, you're putting your money on a gear. Um, so it busted the, it Busted the motor mount, urethane motor mount. So, like my guess is that when it uh, when it busted the mount, the tranny jerked and it, and uh, the shift rod just pulled it out of gear. So it may have just like broke something on the main shaft, or I mean, but then again, we didn't really do much too much uh, investigating at the track. So I'll have the transmission out of it hopefully Monday and up to up to Rick to get redone. So we'll know here shortly. Yeah, it'd be interesting to know what happened. And so, what, now you got plans, and I got plans. So, what's what's your next race you're gonna hit? Um, so I'm gonna be in Irwindale uh, August fifth. Um, for I think there's a, uh, is, there, is there Irwindale this weekend too? Uh, I don't. I don't it, know about this weekend. Or is it next weekend? <clears throat> I think I think there's something next weekend. I just I don't know uh, a whole lot of the California schedule. I know that they're doing. Uh, Steve Sherman puts on a race called Match Race Madness. So what they do is they basically pair up cars, you know what I mean, that are similar in time uh, as far as what they would run in the eighth. And then basically it's like a best out of three grudge race. And then um, like when you win, like you get like a trophy, you know, grudge grudge fest or whatever they call it. So um, it'll be a, it'll be a pretty good time. There's, there's a pretty uh, influential dude in the VW drag racing world, especially Southern California. He's a heavy hitter. And uh, we're supposed to be pairing up with him to to see how our street car stands up against that race car. So, um, and when is that going to be? No, uh, that's supposed to be August fifth. Okay. And let me see. And that's August fifth. Yeah, because I saw something. I saw somebody post something about Irwindale coming up here, and uh, I didn't. Um, I can't remember what it. Uh, which one was, but that's August 5th is going to be your next time out at the track. Yes, sir. And let me see here. Yeah. I was just trying to find who was doing what. Cause I saw, I, I just saw that there was something, there was something else going on at Irwindale, but I don't know. I guess I'll, uh, I guess I'll figure it out. So you're going to be August 5th. So that's in a, in a month. Uh-huh. And, by and that then t- um, after that we have a, we have a race. So, so our personal stuff, um uh the no prep stuff that we do out here in arizona uh we got a race coming up one second i'll give you the exact dates give me one second um it's august 19th at the tucson dragway and what that is it's a no it's in a legit no prep but it's at the end of the track no no glue water burnout flashlight start so we're doing a race there and then uh, october 22nd is our big race um 
that's in uh, Casa Grande, Arizona, and it's a $20,000 guaranteed pot, 50 cars, uh, flashlight start, winner take all. These are like some of the fastest street races from across the country, uh, basically all coming together for this race. And that's October when it's going to be a little bit cooler out there. Yes, sir. October 22nd. And that's at the Tucson Tucson Drag Strip? No. So the two, Tucson Drag Strip is August 19th. Uh-huh. Um, it's a no prep event. And then um, if you guys want to, if anybody has any interest in looking into it, uh, Boost Addicts, the Get Down on Facebook. It has all the information about the race. There's going to be a few VWs. Uh, I believe the Clinks are going to bring a car out. And uh, um, I, I, from the rumors, Brian Marvin might be out there. So that would be a real good time. Oh, nice. So you said it's, yes, it's sir. Boost Addicts is the group on... Yeah, Boost Addicts with a Z, uh, and it's called The Get Down. And uh, it's it's a full website for our Facebook page dedicated to the no prep racing uh, in Arizona. Nice. So Boost Addicts is, is where you're going to get the information for that race. And the one you're doing, the one you're doing, so let me just get those dates right again because I got a lot of things going on over here. So Irwindale <laughs> uh, is Irwindale's August 5th. August 5th. August 5th. And you're, who are you running over there? Um, so it's either going to be Anthony Hearns or Mike Clink. So um, where we've been trying to, everybody's been trying to set up this race with Anthony Hearns for about a, about a year now. And um, like I said, we never really did the track stuff, so I, I never put a whole lot of effort into it. But um, I guess we're just gonna go out and see how we stack up. And then August nineteenth, you're in. You're in. It's Tucson. Tucson. Yes, sir. And that I'm, I'm assuming that's a night race. Yeah, it's a night race. It's at the end of the track. I mean, hundred uh, percent legal, just like Stanfield, just like October. Uh, Catherine Grant, sorry, October twenty second. Um, if you, if anybody wants to come out and watch, it's hundred percent legal. It's on a private airstrip, um, basically an old crop dust strip and um we got vendors out there food drinks anything you need yeah because i started thinking about that and i started thinking you know i I really wanted to help out how i could with something like this and i thought what what could i do here in vegas i know there's a couple small towns nearby that have a couple airstrips and i didn't know if i could reach out like cruise out there see if i could rent the airstrip for a couple nights or something like that because there's a there's a spot not far out not not far outside of Vegas, about twenty miles outside of Vegas, called um, Sandy Valley, and uh, I'm not sure. You know, I, I have has in, these got to be abandoned airstrips. You're not you, you've never done a race at like a functioning airport, have you? Not a functioning airport, but like the the the, the airstrip that we use is a functioning airstrip. So the the old the old dude who owns the property, the, he was a cotton farmer, and they they have a bunch of agriculture land out there, and he basically still functions as a uh, he crop dust all the fields around there so he's like a plane for hire from what i understand and that's uh that's the airstrip that we use we use his personal runway so his family it's the coolest thing ever so his whole family will come out because they live on property and they'll come out and just watch us race all night oh wow that's uh that's pretty rad and, and i mean on that stuff that's a no prep thing yeah it's 100 percent no prep yep and do they, I mean, is that all formal with, uh, is like somebody's actually putting that event on or it's all just grassroots, no disclaimers, no nothing? Um, so no, no. So this is a hundred percent. So, um, a while back, uh, uh, Justin, uh, a buddy of ours out of, out of Casa Grande, Arizona, got a whole, well, we weren't friends at the time. He got a hold of me on Facebook and was like, Hey, we have an opportunity to use this airstrip. We'd like to put something on. So I got in touch with a bunch of the Arizona guys. I said, Hey, this might be an opportunity for us. Like let's roll out there. So we go out to this uh, this airstrip, and when we first went out there, 
it was just a bunch of guys showing up to race. Like there was no organization to it, whatever. So we had a couple, you know, we had three races and it was a really good time. Um, it worked out well. So then he put on his first actual event. So Justin's become um, a little bit of a, of a promoter, you know what I mean? As far as putting on races. So he's had a couple from the stems from the airstrip stuff. He's put on a couple of the racetrack and, uh, and uh, you know, led advice to a few other promoters out there doing it. And uh, basically it's uh, it's, it's blew up. So, this race coming up in Casa Grande, like there's full, you have to sign um, um, the waivers for release of like, you can't sue them when you crash and wad your car up or anything like that. Right. And um, I mean, it's, it's pretty legit. So I believe it's like 20 bucks per spectator, but I mean, like I said, it's well worth it. It's some of the best rates. Um, so I gave you guys actually the wrong date. So the, it's actually October 21st, 2023. And it's a, uh, like I said, it's a guaranteed payout. Um, guaranteed payout is fifteen thousand dollars plus buy-in. And so I was I was wrong. October, when I told you guys twenty. O- I'm sorry. October twenty twenty-first. October twenty-first is going to be the one that's going to be in the big one, uh, Casa Grande, Arizona. Yes. And where's Casa Casa Grande? Basically, in between Tucson and Phoenix. It's not a bad drive at all. I mean, it's like four and a half hours from San Diego. It's um, about four and a half hours from you. So I mean it's it's not it's not terrible as far as uh, as far as the racing. Broken, but the real question that the, I think the people want to know: Can the Red Rooster get off over there? Like, is there somebody the Red Rooster can take out, bro? I mean, probably, probably not. Just being honest with you, you'd have better luck in uh so in it's Tucson just on, on it's the just big fast cars out there. It's not like uh, yes, there ain't no some dude in a Corvette that I could take out. All right, bro. No, no, you'd, you'd be better off uh, August nineteenth <laughs> uh, coming out to the drag strip because uh, I'm just being honest with you. No, like, no. Well, they're yeah. I don't want to waste my time, bro. Yeah, it's not about wasting time. It's just, yeah, you should come out because it's going to be awesome, no, regardless. No, no. But yeah, absolutely. No, I want to. I, I I just uh, so all the guys that show up to run, they're all running big stuff. They don't have different classes, or do they have just the two different um, tire sizes? Yeah, just well, this one's just a small tire event. Like this is like basically. Um, I, I mean, like I said again, depending on who uh, who who is listening, if they follow the street racing world or not. But I mean, like some of the some of the biggest names in the street racing world is going to be there. Like you got Kelly Nate, you got um, you got Brent Aubrey, you got Sam Cherry, you got um, Matt Beal is going to be there. Like I know a lot of these names don't mean much to you guys, but you got a, you got a, a truck that's well known, Yoshi. You got um, I mean Jordan Psyche is going to be out there, Mike Psyche. I mean, like like I said, some of the fastest guys from across the country um, are, are going to be at this event. They're all coming to Arizona in the middle of nowhere because there's some serious money and there's some serious contenders. Those are just a few. I mean, you got, we got 50 cars that are going to be there. So there's a lot of guys that have a name, but basically it's invite only. And, and if you're faster there, they're not letting some car in that's going to oil down or, you know what I mean? Some dude bought it from a dealership and thinks he can race. Like these are real deal. No prep street cars. Like anything you've seen on YouTube, um, street outlaws, like a bunch of these cars have been on the TV shows and um, it's, it's, it's going to be a really good event. Nice. Well, I'm, I'm listen. I'm I'm for sure gonna make it to one of those events, man. Just to come down to support and just see what's going on. Um, so overall, we'll we'll wrap up chatting about the event in Medford, Oregon. I mean, oh yeah, yeah. Sorry it, about that. No, no worries. No, no worries. It's it was it was a bit of a drive, but would you say it was worth it to, for going out there? Absolutely. Yeah, I'll definitely go again. I mean, that was a it was a really good time. And like I said, Jeff, like or like you touched on earlier, uh, J.K. and. Uh, and Tom, they were more than like they rolled out the red carpet for a dude. That, I've never felt that welcome at a at a VW event. I'll tell you that, especially track racing. I mean, 
everybody came by. It was awesome to, to be able to talk with everybody and see the, the different setups and everything. And just like, it was a, it was a really good event. No, I, I dig it, man. I mean, uh, I'm looking forward. Unfortunately, the next one's going to be the same weekend as my event. But if you guys are up there in the north and you're not coming to One Crazy Weekend, make sure you guys go to the next event they're going to be doing. The same weekend as One Crazy Weekend. It's going to be up there. Uh, if you can't make it to One Crazy Weekend, go to the Medford Drag Strip and go check out the race that they're going to be doing over there again. That'll be a, a good time. But I'm sure Johnny and I will be back up to that event. And I'm actually looking forward after uh, – you know, we 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 had some problems with the Red Rooster, but we're going to get the Red Rooster dialed back in. And I'm looking forward to actually, I, I want to get that car where it's consistent and it can run and I can just go have fun with it. Like it's overbuilt and undertuned a little bit, like detuned a little bit, you know what I mean? So I can just focus on doing real solid starts and really having some car control because then you just turn up the, you just turn up the idiot knob, right? And just go crazy. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So, I, I'm I'm looking forward to that. Um, I I I was always really reluctant to do something like that and race because I knew I know what'll happen. It's like now I want to now I want to do more of it, and it's uh, it's another hobby I don't need. But uh, listen, I already got the car, so I'm I'm all the way there already. So now it's just the maintenance part of maintaining stuff. Um, so with that car, we're gonna do we're gonna do some mods to that. As far as your car, uh, you got the heads being fixed right now. So a shout out to our guy, uh, Dan Lawson over there at Competition Engineering. If you guys need anything, any machine work, stuff like that done, is he the guy to go to in Phoenix? Um, yeah, well, I mean, for for VW, like machining and, and work in Arizona period, he's the guy to go to. Uh, for performance stuff, 110%. There's nobody better out here. Yeah, Dan's been doing big stuff for a long time. So... Uh, I know Scott's uh, Scott's Vert that he's got has got a, a CE turbo motor. I know that car on street tires ran at the track here in the quarter 1180s, full a full dress convertible bug. So um, that's that's pretty fast for a full dress show car. So, but I think yeah, absolutely. I, I think that would be. I often think like, how cool would it be if um, you know we set something up where. I I often thought it'd be really cool to see guys that have cars that are all built to the hilt and all that stuff and actually get them on the track and run them. And a lot of guys are like, I put too much time and effort to risk breaking the car. And those aren't the guys that want to go, but I want the guys that like have a car and want to prove something. But I also think what would be cool is if maybe for one crazy weekend uh, before they do have the power plant road out here and, and, and John introduced me to the power plant road in my, in my hometown over here. And that's where a lot of those dudes get down. Yeah, it's a good time, man. And I mean, we can get enough VWs out there. If you guys really get, if you really set this up and get them out, like I won't race my car. I'll come out, I'll flag the race or something. And we can get a bunch of like, you know, it'd be cool to get a bunch of little NAT wheels and, and whoever wants to run, just do a little cash days with VWs. I think that'd be pretty rad. Yeah, I think it'd be a good time, man, to, to get out there and do something like that. Maybe like on a Thursday night before the event, one night before maybe we'll see some of the real street guys come out there and line up off a flashlight start. And, uh, you know, what, what I, what I kind of like about the, the whole street racing thing that you see on, uh, on TV and all that stuff, we're going to talk about that in a minute. But what I like about it is that it seems like the rules are pretty no nonsense. It's pretty basic. You jump, you lose, you know what I mean? And you cross the line, you lose. Other than that, it's heads up, 
flashlight start. Is there much drama with that on, on the actual streets? Oh, I mean, absolutely. I mean, you got the guys who will screw up, but they'll say anything to to try to get another chance, especially when there's big money on the line. And then, like, I mean, you got guys that will straight up. I mean, they get caught, but they try to cheat. Like, they'll try to run a wider tire or, you know, like, uh, bend the rules as much as they can. And, I mean, there's a couple guys, like, you'll see if you watch it up YouTube, there's a few in particular that will literally cry, throw hissy fits so they get their way. And it's shit like that, that uh, stuff like that that – uh just it's it's that that kind of takes some of the joy out of it for me because i i hate that crap but i mean for the most part when you get a solid group like we have a real solid group where when the what the flagger says goes you know what i mean they got the final call so if they call a jump it's a jump no arguing and i mean like like i said for the most part with our group i mean everybody knows what they're doing so it's just a it's just a good time um it's mainly when you race with the uh like our problem in vegas is a lot of the local guys will get really really upset when it doesn't go their way and then it turns into a you know all out brawl at the racing events. There's been a few of those up there. <laughs> so the dudes up here, like from your experience on the sh- the street cars up here that you've seen, because I got to be honest with you, dude. I, so after we did the first podcast and we talked, I never really watched a bunch of that um, street outlaw stuff. I watched a little bit of it, but it seemed to be more drama and and, and it, there's all the build up between commercials and all that stuff. And I'm just like, yeah, whatever. And then. You know, after talking to you for a little bit, and then you know, talking to my uh, another couple of buddies out of that race, I started watching a little bit, and I ended up watching the season that they did here in Vegas. And I'm not so none of those guys, none of those guys on that episode are the guys we race with. They didn't pull any of the real street racers from Vegas. I can tell you that for a fact. Well, and that's the thing, bro. I was like, I was honestly embarrassed for Vegas. I'm like, bro, are you kidding me? Like, though, because I used to go to street races ten years ago. And, you know, 10, 15 years ago, and I'm sure some of those dudes are still around because when you're fast, you're fast. You know what I mean? And it's yep. like, and and I'm out there looking at it. And I was talking to uh, your boy, Jason, you introduced me to a local guy here. And yep. uh, and that's why I said, I said, bro, those are the fast dudes in Vegas. And they said, no, those are the dudes that wanted to be on TV so bad <laughs> and would be, you know, kind of, uh, well, I, I, you know, I don't know. On all those cars that you that that you saw on that season that they were in Vegas, how fast do you think those cars are? Uh, the Vegas guys, I mean, they're they're lucky if they're breaking out of the. I would say six thirties on the street. I mean, they were not fast at all. Yeah. All right, and then so we're talking about um, on the, so those those are not the fast dudes in Vegas, like like no, absolutely not. And which kind of, like, like I said, the dudes seemed like clowns on the internet. Like just watching them on TV, I was just like, dude, that's lame, dude. I don't even want to, I don't even want to go talk to them dudes. Now with the guys that you, that you race out here, um, that's a whole different crew of guys. And those guys travel, like those guys go everywhere you All go. All over the country. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. I mean, and, and more so, you know what I mean? There's, there's guys that, that legitimately do this for a living now. So uh, like Kelly and eight, that dude races every weekend all over the country. I mean, like he tunes cars in between, but that man literally makes a living on racing his car. And it's, it's pretty impressive. Um, he, when he shows up to a race, I mean, nine times out of 10, you can, you can pretty much bet on him taking the whole thing because he's just got it. I mean, this is what he, this is his job. This is his livelihood. So, I mean, there's guys that really are that committed where they travel all over the country, one side or the other. And, and if somebody wants to look that dude up, what's his name? Uh, they just call him Cali Nate. If you look him up on social media, YouTube, whatever. I mean, like I said, I, I, arguably, arguably one of the fastest dudes in the country. Like, period. There's, there's, 
you, you can't take nothing away from the man. He works his ass off for it. So like there's there's a there's a few out there. You know what I mean? Like Ryan Mitchell, uh, the car was called KC Max. That was a very very fast uh, uh, third gen Firebird. So I mean, there's a few that uh, that are like I said, travel over extremely successful and just um, a lot of good people. You know. Now these, uh, th- I, I just kind of peeped that dude on the internet. That guy's running an LS powered Fox body. Yeah, that's so that's the basic. That's the that's the combination because it works, dude. I mean, now, I talk a lot of crap about uh, Mustangs, but I mean, it works. I don't want to tell you this, Johnny, but I'm a former Fox body owner, and I do know that one thing those Mustangs like to do <laughs> is uh, 360s, and um, they definitely like to uh, to not. So these cars are built completely different as far as chassis wise, with the slicks they stay straight. No. Oh yeah, well I mean no no, it's not it's not necessarily the slicks. It's uh. It's just, I mean, the, the rear suspension, the rear suspension geometry on a Mustang is amazing for street racing, for racing in general. I mean, it just works with a proper shock, but I mean. That's like a four um, link setup, right? Or it's a three link. Yes. Yep. So, yeah, because I, I had one of those one time and uh, they're, they're definitely, uh, they're definitely, they're definitely fat. They were fast back in the day, you know, and then as time's gone on, I just remember that your traction was sometimes their issue, you know, especially on the street, but maybe that was just us being cheap kids with hard tires. So yeah, hard tires is your problem. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you did some stuff. Are now you're in the background on some of the street outlaws this season. Yes. So basically, um, we go out there with our buddies and help out to race and whatnot. And, uh, uh, like a good friend of ours, Brent Aubrey, he's got a car called Hate Train, Fox Body. If you look him up as well, he's uh he's really uh very very competitive all over the country. So he did a full season for uh um the Mega Cash Days, and we were out there helping him, and it, it kind of overlapped with filming on another episode. So I mean, we were all out there at the same time. And so you you're gonna be is the gray bug gonna be on the next season of? Uh, Street it, so the gray bug, the gray bug aired on, um, locals only, and it was filmed again. So it should be out, uh, August, I believe. So August of this year, it's coming out. Yes, sir. And there was an episode that it was, that it already came out on. Yeah. Well, no, no, the, the locals only, it's already been on. That, that's when the, that's when the camshaft broke in the starting line. We tried to run it anyways oh, on two gosh. cylinders. It, it didn't work out well for us. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no. Listen, hey, you came to race, right? We're gonna race. So, well, that's rad. So you're, so you're, you're in the, you're gonna be in this next season. That when the episodes come out in August, we'll get to see the gray bug, on, yes, sir. Uh, on, a, on a, maybe an episode or two. So, uh, absolutely, we'll, we'll find out what happens. But, um, yeah, no. So you're back to you're getting your head fixed. Any changes you're gonna do to the car, or you're just, I mean, right, right now you just got it back on the road and just got all that stuff was brand new, right? Uh, yeah, so um, Curly Flores, he's on Instagram. He built the turbo header that's in the car. Uh, he works at ASM, Arizona Specialty Motors. And then um, Garrett Turbos sponsored the car, so it's got the new Garrett Turbo on it. Uh, we did a fuel tech uh, FT550 fuel injection setup on it, on methanol. So, like, we were just working the kinks out. There's nothing wrong with the setup of the car right now. It was just uh, – it just lifted the head. It was a, it was a fluke thing. So, we're going to get that repaired and, and probably pull a little bit of timing out of it and uh, – and go from there and start back over. And the car feels, I mean, before, when the car was here last year, the car was carbureted, right? Yeah, it was a blow-through carbureted setup. And now the car is injected, and you feel a big difference with the injection? Um, all the way around, there's a difference. I mean, uh, like, wide open wide open feel, mm-hmm. it doesn't feel as um, 
as aggressive as it did with the carburetor. But I mean, everything else, it's just better. I mean, I was, uh, I was totally against fuel injection for a long time, but it was the right step for what we're doing. And I mean, the data logging, the power management, everything else, it's just, it's going to take the car to, uh, another level. And has the data logging been helping? Absolutely. Because at the end of every pass, you can, I mean, you can see down to the millisecond what the engine was doing. Um, like literally second by second by second, you can see exactly what happened. They can break it down to like, like legitimately the millisecond. And so you can see uh, injector duty cycle, pulse width. You can see uh, intake air temps. Like I have EGT sensors. I have uh, exhaust uh, back pressure sensors. So, I mean, like you can see exactly what the motor did through every point of the run. I mean, it even has lateral G-forces. And I mean, it can tell you how hard it left the line, everything. So the, the, the data alone, the knowledge you get from that is, is how you go faster. Because when you don't have that stuff, like with the carburetor, it was just seat of the pants. So if it felt fast, then it felt fast. If it felt slow, like you didn't know what to change or where to go with it because it's sort of like throwing, you know what I mean? Throwing darts blindfolded wherever it lands, it lands. Right. Right. No, that's, uh, I mean, I was, I was impressed. That car freaking got up and hooked and, and for a car with, you know, with just big slicks on the back and no, and no wheelie bars, which is always, it's funny because I look at the technology. I'm not a racer. And I just think like that, that like, okay, we just put wheelie bars on it. But then guys started thinking like, just tweak the suspension. So you don't need the wheelie bars, you know? Well, well, I thought it was funny. So we were on a smaller tire than most of the Pro Turbo, Outlaw, or Ultra Pro, whatever they're doing for the, the Volks group. So we're running a smaller tire than than most of the field. And um, it was like, it was funny when a lot of the guys looked at our suspension. I mean, you were sitting right there. They were they, they couldn't understand why we did what we did. But then once, you know, a couple twists of a, of a knob, we gained a full tenth in our 60-foot. People were like, what the hell is going on here? So it was it was kind of funny to watch people when you explain it to them. Like they don't really understand, but they want to, you know. Now is that is that like info you're getting from street race guys, like from the the? Oh, absolutely. I mean, if you shut up and pay attention when you're out there, you can just overhear the fast guys. So like a lot of them won't speak out loud because it's very secretive, the drug racing. But if you pay attention, I've been around like hundreds of these races. So I mean, I've helped out with a few different cars. So like I kind of know suspension chassis setups from those cars, and then just learning with my own stuff is. Obviously, the Volkswagen is going to be different than a front engine. Uh, a lot of the, the the basic math of it's the same. You know what I mean? Right, right. No, man. I'm listen. I'm stoked. I'm I'm looking forward to getting my car back. And I, I know we're gonna we're you're you're gonna do some things. Uh, help me out with my car. Just kind of make it to where it's a little a little more basic to launch, and I could focus more on the light. And uh, and then we just after that we just uh, climb the ladder of uh, building power. Probably that's what that's usually what's going to end up happening, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, I just my, you know my goal with that little red car is just have it be consistent and uh, and and really uh, you know be able to go out there and just have some fun. But man, it, it was it was all day racing, man. Between you know between the rounds and all that stuff, it was like there was not much time for anything else. So you're either racing or either racing or doing podcasts, man. One of the two. So. Uh, yeah, it was a good time. We'll see. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to going back, man, and hopefully uh, we can get a couple other events. We can see what other stuff can kind of happen here, and I would love to see some, just some straight ladder brackets done in the VW world. Just some kind of, you know, no prep that kind of stuff. But I mean, it just takes maybe it just takes a certain kind of person to do that kind of stuff. I don't know. You know, um, like I said, a lot of these guys will put that time, effort, energy in their car, and they want a predictable launch every time. And on the street, I'm sure you can get it, but you, you just got to understand the different the different landscape, you know? So, Absolutely. 
No, that's rad, man. And if anybody wants to follow you, your Instagram is what? Uh, 62Johnny65. All right, cool. And then uh, any <clears throat> anything we didn't cover that we think that you think we should cover? Um, no, I mean, like, I'm definitely down to get some cars together for the One Wild Weekend. Like, I think we should, um, basically, like I, like I said, I won't race my car just because it, we're, we're trying to get everybody involved. So, I mean, even if you got a daily driver bug and you want to come out and make a pass, I mean, what's it going to hurt to line up next to somebody else and have some fun? It, it would definitely be a good night. Yeah, and if we and, and if maybe we put our heads together and come up with a couple of different class separations, like a radial tire versus a, a slick versus uh but, but how many people are going to be on a slick? I mean, you might have to go, like, two liter and not two liter you know what i mean because yeah. most of the guys are going to be like a, a two liter with idas is obviously going to have an advantage over a 1641 with a, a single weber you know what i mean right right so maybe we could break maybe we could do a single carb uh single carb dual carbs up to 44 and then 48 48 and bigger <laughs> i don't know i'm just trying to think i'm trying to think of a fun way to make it where dudes could show up they could actually race on a quote-unquote track like out there at, at the at the power plant and just roll up, get their one hit. If they win, they advance to the next, to the next guy, and maybe it's not respecting. Yeah, you know what I mean. I just think I think it'd be super fun, man. So we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll keep the gear, the gears turning on that, and maybe if some people want to help get that going, man, uh, reach out to either Johnny or me on Instagram and uh, hit us up and let us know that uh, you're down to help make the. Because I think that would just be cool for one crazy weekend to kick off with, uh, you know, some drags at the power at, at the power plant. I think that'd be too cool. Yeah, it would be a lot of fun. So I know the Red Rooster will be there with the talons out, dude, trying to take some chickens, bro. So listen, bro, well, I'm game. You don't even know. When I, when I, when I put that helmet on, bro, I'm a different guy. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, it was definitely a good time, man. No, but I, I'm excited, man. I'm looking forward to going back to some of that, and maybe maybe we'll uh, – I, I might I might have to hit a bug in, uh, possibly. I'm not sure. But uh, we'll see. Hit some stuff down here and see if we can't uh, – can't make some things happen here in Vegas, man. Well, cool. Yeah, I think it'll be a good time. Yeah, well, Johnny, for sure, man. We're, so the so the next one you're going to be out to is going to be August 5th, and that's going to be to Irwindale. Yes, sir. So if you guys want to see the gray car, August 5th, head out to Irwindale. Tell Johnny you heard him on Let's Talk Dubs. Check out the car. Uh, check it all out. Get all your, uh, all your info from him, and then go back home and build you once we get more fast bugs on the street, man. Yeah, let's do it, man. That's what I think. Well, cool, Johnny, man. I look forward to. Uh, I'll see you in a couple of weeks, and uh, we'll, we'll get we'll get all this. Uh, we'll get the red rooster back going, and who knows? Maybe I'll get down, I'll be able to buzz down there and see you over there in uh, in um, Irwindale. Sounds good, buddy. I'll see you then. Right on, brother. If you like that podcast, and I know you did, make sure you share this podcast with your friends. Copy your link at Let's Talk Dubs and send it to all your buddies. Share it on your Facebook groups. Make sure everybody knows it's going down. So remember, if you got a fast bug, hit me up, DM me. We'll get you more information on the Thursday night. Johnny's Run What You Brung out here at the power plant. So we'll be doing a little a little uh, quick ladder, a little money race for some of you guys out here. Uh, it could be a good event. So who wants to bring something to Vegas and run just before the one crazy weekend? So hit us up if you're interested. Love to get it going and get some of you guys out there. But uh don't forget, you want to support the podcast, go to letstalkdubs.com, pick up some merch, support the podcast, come to One Crazy Week on October 6th and 7th. Don't forget to follow Johnny on Instagram at 62johnny65, and then you guys can always follow me, Bill, at letstalkdubs.com. 
or at Let's Talk Dubs. My email, Bill at Let's Talk Dubs.com for any comments or questions or suggestions that you want to hear for podcasts. Got a lot of good podcasts coming up, so stay tuned for those. And until next week, guys, later. You probably don't know that there's a new Volkswagen out that doesn't look like a Volkswagen. Volkswagen.